Good evening, wrestling fans. I got Randy from Back Sports Page and from Level One Games. Let's get this show started, why don't we? Well, hello, guys. Hello, hello, hello. We are in week seven already. It's our midweek mashup. We're talking about our AEW uh, show from uh, last night. This is uh, our 14th episode cumulatively for the Deep Six Pro Wrestling Podcast. And we got a lot to talk about tonight, guys. Some big news before we get into the AEW talk from uh, Dynamite last night. Breaking news from about two hours ago. I was informed via text message from a buddy that I heard about Paul Heyman. I'm like, no. So I immediately look it up. And it's on wrestling websites now. It's all over Twitter. That Paul Heyman has been released, relieved of his duties from head writer of Monday Night Raw. Surprise, surprise. Are we honestly? I don't know. I I I don't I I don't know. I they, let, let me tell you something before I uh pass the baton over to you guys on this one. Uh Raw has been uh considerably better, very noticeable. Um, and I would say that's an understatement, but it's been noticeably better. Big difference between Monday night and Friday night. Raw has a flow. An ECW-like flow at sometimes, where it goes from one match into another. There's constantly moving parts happening. Uh, Raw has been uh, very interesting to me. The wrestling matches have been very NXT-like. Uh, we see better action than we see on Friday nights. We see more compelling storylines than we see on Friday nights. Um, I think the wrong release absolutely took place here. <laughs> absolutely took place. What? I, uh, I'm you have Bruce Pritchard <laughs> on I, Friday night. That Friday night show is suffering so much. Why would you release Paul Heyman, who's been the best part of WWE, other than NXT, but he's been the best part of WWE TV over the past six months? Why would you do that? You, you got a guy who has not even been able to move, uh, do anything with any storylines, no progression. The best storyline over the past six months is Otis and Mandy. Jesus. On Friday nights. And then the next best storyline is Roman Reigns and Corbin with dog food. Yeah, How do you bad. have Bruce Pritchard still having a job and now going to run Monday Night Raw? Oh. All right. So. Hey, Randy, you got to take this before I flip my lid. Okay. Well, let's. <laughs> let's. As Paul Heyman would say, well, good sir, let me just tell you. Um, listen, at the end of the day, uh, like Paul Heyman um, has a lot of 
What's the, what's the old expression? Has a lot of balls in the air where he has his own company, what he's doing, looking for Larry Agency, and is doing a lot of different projects. Uh, oh, and by the way, the main reason why he has been back in WWE was to be an, in, an uh, on screen performer with Brock Lesnar, who's now no longer even with the company. Um, and like you said, he's been in charge of creative for Monday Night Raw. He's been doing one heck of a job. Well, listen, he, when he was a writer for SmackDown all those years ago, he was to be the contrary voice to everything that was going on uh, on for, on SmackDown. And I think that as soon as you put Paul in a place where he, he can be creative, knowing that he was not going to have the last word, that it was always going to be Vince McMahon. Look, the old expression of sometimes throwing you-know-what against the wall to see what sticks has always been the Paul Heyman way of booking and i don't think that vince was ready to release the grip of everything and now that there's no xfl and everybody's sort of in a state of a flux doesn't matter how good of a job the paul Heyman has done this shouldn't be a surprise to anybody and i just saw the release that they want him to concentrate as an on-air performer i have a strange feeling that no matter what has been going on and m will agree with me on this Nobody's really watching that product right now. The WWE product has been no. Nobody's uh, watching Friday. No, well, listen, no, but, and, but but the numbers are all Man. around the Monday Monday numbers. Every single time I go on the site and look at some of the news, they say another record low number for Monday Night Raw. Look, the number the, the numbers are the lowest of, as it's been since 1995. Maybe even lower than that. So I think no matter who's in charge right now, because of the pandemic and everything that's been going on lately, they're you're you're fighting an uphill battle. And McMahon wants doesn't want that. Doesn't want to have that battle right now. He just wants to have good, clear programming until we can get back to normal, which is right around the corner. But I also think that this was going to be a short marriage between Paul Heyman and Vince. McMahon. Man, anyway, I think that if Paul Heyman walked out of the WWE right now, I think there might be a company that we're going to be reviewing shortly that would love to have his services. And <laughs> and, 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 and I think you might agree with me on that because Paul is a creative guy, and Paul is not a guy who's going to be dictating everything. He'd be a guy who's working with everybody. I don't know if I agree with you on that point because um, Paul Heyman... If he's truly unhappy, he's probably going to leave wrestling entirely. When he left WWE, he didn't go to Ring of Honor. He didn't go to TNA. Uh, One of the things that I found interesting from uh, Jim Cornette, uh, his podcast in in the summer was when he was named the Raw writer. And I don't like Jim Cornette's podcast because he has a lot of good points. I normally like it for the uh, cursing and outrageousness of it. so I don't agree a lot with, with, with Jim Cornette, even though I'm the uh, Jim Cornette of this group. Uh, but there was one thing that he did mention, and, and he God said... Goddamn! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it was the goddamn. So goddamn. one of the things that he did mention was, how long do you think of, of he's going to take Vince's crap? He's going to go up to Vince with a great idea, and Vince is going to crap on it. He's going to he's going to eighty six. He's going to give a little bit, but every time Vince is going to assert control, and you know that that that's going to they've already bumped heads in the past. This was a thing in the past. This has happened. This is not something new. <laughs> and what's the old saying? If uh, if we don't learn from history, we're doomed to repeat it. This was that. 
I yeah, I I got I'm sorry, I gotta interrupt you because there what after that ECW show back in 06, <laughs> Paul even told the story. He says we thought Vince was gonna open the door of the plane and throw me out the door yeah, while the I, plane was in the air. What I, makes anyone think this was gonna work this time around? Too? Yeah, exactly. And I think that he didn't. I think that at this point he was just like, Listen, you're gonna pay me, I'm gonna do a good job for the moment, and then you're gonna get tired of my crap. And then you're going to push me aside like every single time before this is. And this is why it's like when, when I read it, it was more news to you guys than it was to me. Like I, I was with Cornette on this one. I was like, I saw this coming from, I don't understand. It's like, sometimes these things are written in, in stone, man. It's like, you can't get away from it. It's like driving toward brick wall. Take the left, man. Don't drive into the brick wall. And this seems to be a, a, a thing that happens in wrestling all the time. We see a problem coming, and yet we ram right into that wall anyway. This is the problem with WWE. When so, when something is going well, Vince McMahon squashes it. When wrestlers get organically over, Vince McMahon squashes their push. This is a, a problem that has been going on for a couple of years now. Vince this, is the problem. And this is why we can't watch it. I can't invest if, if Monday night turns into, you know, if Monday night turns into a Friday night, Jay, have fun on Monday nights. <laughs> and that's I, the, I fully see that happening. But I'm sorry, Randy. I know you're, you're trying uh, to say something. I Listen, and you, you said before that if Paul Heyman's not with WWE, he can just as easily walk in the way to do other projects. There was a time where when he was, when he, after he left WWE in 2006, where he was dabbling with things like Evolve, about getting involved. Remember, we discussed his his interview to, to work, you know, at one point with Dixie Carter, that it was either going to be Eric Bischoff and Hogan or it was going to be Paul Heyman. And Paul Heyman gave his philosophy, which, listen, when it comes to understanding the wrestling business and understanding, listening to the crowd, Paul Heyman might be one of the most genius minds in this business. But I think something that Wayne said, and M, you said it to, before too, is. When you take two guys who are very combustible, like Vince and Paul, and no matter what, it's going to be Vince's way, whether you like it or not, someone's going to win. And it's usually going to be the guy who owns the company. And and so the only reason I say like either AEW or Ring of Honor or maybe even Impact in this situation now, I think that Paul would like to have that opportunity to not have those handcuffs and let his creative mind flow and just get the okay without having to worry about the financing aspect of it because that was the end of ECW. Now, it wasn't anything from the creative side. It was all the financial side. So if that part is solidified, taken care of, and say, this is what you have to work with, Paul will look at it and say, okay, here's this guy's strength. Here's this guy's strength. Let's focus on the strengths, hide the weaknesses, and let's put the product out there, and it's going to be very, very compelling. That's what Paul's able to do is get the best out of the And one of the things that – and this is why I don't agree, uh, agree with you because you have a guy – this is a startup, first of all. Secondly, there's so many guys that are in charge already. To add one more voice there, I don't think it's good. I, I, I don't think they need it. Uh, if Paul is, is a free agent, I – I personally would like him to stay away from from AEW. AEW is doing yeah. just fine without it. And I agree. Bring, I agree. And the moment you bring them in, it's one thing to bring in wrestlers that were underutilized in WWE. I get that. You know, like get eyes on your product. Uh, if you want to use uh, Mike Tyson, I get that. Use them. Get eyes on the product. You don't need Paul Heyman for that. You have enough. Right. 
and it, it, it would add, but it, it, it has a part, it has that there's too much of uh, ingredients or, or too many chefs in the kitchen. Yeah. And no, that could be a bad thing too. I agree. I agree with you. I think, to be honest with you, I think the destination for him that would probably work out best for everybody would be Impact, would be because they really can use that shot in the arm. And Impact, I feel like we you know we we've all discussed this. I know we're totally getting away from AEW right now that we should be putting the focus there. And then this is the last thing I'm going to say about this. Oh, this is all Paul Heyman. But, but, but yeah, well, it's Paul Heyman. Yeah, it's it, Impact Wrestling right now has done a very good job of reinventing itself from the disaster that was Dixie Carter. So I think having a guy like they have that. Lives. Yeah, they're having a guy like Paul Heyman there would be such a shot in the arm for them. And it would do so much for not only the product, but for those young wrestlers there, because he would find a way guys like Moose guys like, you know, Oh my God, you know, Sammy Callahan, Tessa Blanchard can benefit so much for having a guy like Paul Heyman working with them. That impact would be the start of them going to that next level. Cause impact has to understand that there are going to be, they can really put themselves up there as a solid third brand, a third you know, company in the wrestling industry. Yeah, because who who would you call the the a solid third right now? I would say Ring of Honor. Still, I hate to say it like that. It's been it's been crap, and Ring of Honor is a is a far third. I think Impact would jump over them and become a solid third wrestling company. Behind, uh, yeah, They're I think possible. that's that would get them. And that, that's the thing, like you said, uh, uh, Impact would benefit because if he goes to Ring of Honor, you you, you got a uh, Marty Skrull with, with the uh, book. He's booking there. He's in charge of the book. So I don't know. I don't see him fitting in, in Ring of Honor. And uh, AEW, like I said, you have you have Tony Khan, who's doing a lot of the creative right now. And then you have the Young Bucks. And then you have Cody. And then you have Kenny. It, 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 one more would, would just, I, in my opinion, would just ruin it. What is Kenny's role? Kenny's role, because I know he's not involved with creative. I know that I Tony, believe, and, I Tony and Cody are women. He's in okay. charge of women, him and Brandy. Good for him, first off. And then uh, no, Tony and uh, Tony and Cody, from what I was understanding, do an excellent job as far as creative. And I know Christopher Daniels is in charge of talent relations. And they're listen, they're all doing a very, very good job. And like you said, I think bringing Paul there would be a mistake, but you can't rule that idea out. I know, but we also can't sit there and go, anyone who, who was wronged by WWE has to end up in AEW. That's a pitfall that even they themselves said they won't fall into. And I hope that that's that, true. That, that's, I agree with you. I hope you're 110% correctly. I mean, remember we were sitting there saying before Double or Nothing, before that ladder match, we kept on saying, who's which former WWE star? And then it wasn't even and a WWE exactly. guy. Exactly. And you know what? I was happy with that. I was yeah, cool with that. Me too. I, I didn't need it. And that's the thing that we always fall in uh, us as fans. We always fall into that that trap of going, which WWE guy will they sign next? It doesn't have to be like that. There's a lot more. There's there's many wrestling companies out there, and there's a lot of talent. You don't always have to tap the guys who were just released. There's a couple, of course. FTR comes to mind, and they, and we'll get to that. They did great this week, but but you don't have to take the bulk of. You don't have to take the Zack Riders, which who knows they might take anyway because he's close to Cody. Uh, but you don't have to take uh, the No Way Jose's and, and just save everyone. Save who you think has the talent and who will work well in your company. And trust me, there's enough companies out there for these guys to get work. Absolutely. First of all, they should never have been fired in the first place. But again, that's another podcast. Yeah. yeah. Um, and 
And one more thing before we get started, too. And I, and you just said before about FTR, you know the guys in WWE who are good enough workers. I, yeah. Again, AEW is not looking for TV characters. And I think a guy like Zack Ryder and, you know, uh, Curtis Hawkins, Brian Myers, they, they were portrayed as these characters on TV instead of wrestlers. And so when FTR now showed up in AEW, those guys were wrestlers who were forced to be characters. Those yeah, other but- but that's not fair to 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 Zach Ryder. He he's actually a good worker. They just he's a great worker and great he's creative a great mind. worker. And and he got over organically, like like uh, Wayne said mm-hmm. a minute ago. And what happened? The moment that happened, they punished him. Yeah, you they can't had a three week program with John Cena and and uh, Tori yeah, Wilson was- for uh, to- uh, Tori whatever uh, uh, Eve, Eve, Eve Torres. Eve, Eve Torres. Yeah, and and then after that, that was and that was the end. And then he was a jobber from then on out. Then he won the IC title and then lost it the next night. Surprise! Yeah, yeah. Horrible, horrible booking. I was there. I was there. AEW Dynamite from last night. We had a pretty good show. Um, Chris Jericho on commentary for half the night, which was amazing. Love when he's always ripping on Pineapple Pete. Uh, But you don't uh, mess with Pineapple Pete. Oh man. Uh but yeah, uh AEW Dynamite started with the uh opening match, the debut of FTR. They wasted no time because they want to grab the eyes from NXT right at the beginning of the night. Exactly. So good move on AEW's part. Uh taking on the Butcher and the Blade. Um so there are a couple little uh storylines that came to my attention here. Um uh, I was as I was watching the match, uh, I posed a couple questions to myself, which I'm going to pose to you guys. Uh, we see uh, during the match, uh, Blanchard taking notes and looking on very intensively. The commentary team and the cameras made sure that you knew that Tony Blanchard was looking on. Uh, I'm wondering if we see um, a, like a managerial role there. I also wonder uh, if we uh, see FTR. Join in a circle. How about that? Let's get a little creative with our booking. Uh, how about FTR maybe joining in a circle for a possible feud with the Young Bucks eventually? Uh, but uh, we can get into that in a second. But the FTR wins with the Mindbreaker, about a 15-minute match. Great wrestling match. Chris Jericho was putting it, uh, putting it over the entire night. Uh, then we see the Young Bucks, uh, Young Bucks finally arrive to interrupt the FTR uh, in the interview with Tony Schiavone. Um, so what did you guys think of this segment here? I, I, I feel like uh, the maybe jump the gun, maybe not by having the Bucks and Kenny Omega and Hangman out there. Not, not really. I think what you need to do is you need to establish them as top players immediately. And, uh, which, they did. and which, which they have been. And, and the idea of with Tully too, because look, FTR has been compared to Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard for the longest of time. So it only makes sense for Tully to be out there. And look, I think the Butcher and the Blade, M and I were watching them when they first came in and their initial loss to Cody and Darby Allen. We both said that that loss probably should never have happened. They've lost so much steam as a tag team. And it's, you know, somebody had to help get FTR over in their first match. And look, 
the Bucks and the FTR are on our way to a collision course. But from what I understand, FTR is working on a handshake agreement right now, still trying to work out their deal. So I don't think you're going to see them and the Bucks tie up immediately until they get that contract situation settled. I had no problem with the match. I had no problem with all the extracurricular stuff after the match. I think it's a good way to establish them as top players right from the get-go. This is all win in my book. And like you said, it's a good way to start against NXT, uh, which, again, now AEW has figured out a formula during this pandemic to make it look like the the crowd is in it and with the, with the wrestlers being ringside. And, and I got to just say one thing about FTR is they're the perfect example. Like Matt Hardy and, and, and Moxley and Jericho and those guys have already had success not only in WWE, but in the wrestling business. FTR was introduced to a lot of us through NXT and WWE. So getting them off on the right foot for fans who only know them from WWE is very, 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 very important because in some senses, they're not as, as established as some of the other guys that have come in from WWE. M, please. No, I totally agree with everything you said. It was important for them to come in strong, but what I did like, and, and I, I can't overstate this every single week, is that it was a competitive match. We knew who was going to win. But, but it was still very competitive. Yeah, exactly. The action inside the ring was competitive that it always plants that seed. What if? You know, like, it was 100% sure, and then they dialed it up a notch, and it's like, yeah, now I'm only 99% sure. But just having that seed there is great. And and that's one of the things I enjoy so much, because you know that they're going to win, they're going to dominate eventually, but... Oh my God! It was it was amazing. I know I've noticed. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just I, just, I, know I, did want to, I did not want to say anything. This way, and I'm trying to watch. Wayne, I'm trying to watch. Move the other way. Oh, she's on my screen. <laughs> well, what? So, yeah. So oh, no, I, I had no problem with it, and the, the they're setting it up like like we predicted. It's not going to be an overnight thing where where they face the Bucks. Let's draw this out. Let's make this a fun ride because we don't know if they're going to be heels or they're going to be face. I mean, the oh, young you ones know are they're going to be heels eventually. I mean, I, I sure as hell hope so because yeah. I love them. <laughs> Hashtag heel Exactly. <laughs> you know, I, I feel like this has inner circle written all over, and you know, no. to give it a few months. I don't know the the having unless, Tully unless you don't want them overshadowed. Um, wait, yeah. well, hmm. having Tully and and. Uh, and 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 uh, aren't there? And then you have uh, Sean Spears there. Kind of leads me to believe maybe there's something there. They're they're, they're planning uh, maybe making a group with with uh, Sean Spears. Maybe it has something to do with that mysterious glove. I, I honestly have no idea. I'm still wondering about that. A week later, and uh, but it was interesting because uh, Sean was looking, and and even the commentary team made sure that we knew that Sean was watching Tully the whole time. You know, he wasn't watching the match. Tully was watching the match. So I think that there's something there and they're, they're probably going to work with it, especially with all the the similarities and, and, and how many times we uh, compare the, those teams. So look for that to be a thing. I don't think they're going to go with Inner Circle. Randy, you look like you got something to say. Okay, yes, I do. Uh, look, at the end of the day, the, the comment about the Inner Circle, I can't see them... I can't, let me rephrase that. I can see the proud and powerful wanting to go their own way a little bit. You know, because if you look at it, 
from a Jericho perspective, from you know Jericho, they want to make it where Jericho looks like he's ahead of the curve of all times. So I could see him saying, as soon as he doesn't have the advantage, trying to move other people out to put other people in that would make sense for him. I don't think FTR going with Jericho in this sense would make much sense at all because the inner circle is pretty established as it is with, with the roles of everything. And we'll talk about the Sammy Matt Hardy thing a little bit later, but I don't think the FTR going with Jericho is a good idea booking style. I would rather see another faction besides the inner circle. Cause then you would have the elite, you would have the inner circle and then you would have this other group. And I think, I don't remember if it was M who told me, told me a long time ago, but someone else said it to me. Sometimes the more fat another faction is a good thing, so I think that might be the best bet. Yeah, that 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 was me. I'm that was me. Yeah, I'm constantly trying to sell you on New Japan, so yeah. that's a New Japan thing. That they have a lot of factions. Hey, hey listen, listen. So this is gonna come out of nowhere in my notes. All right, this wasn't even my notes, but I got to bring it up now that we're talking about factions. If you tell uh, me Roman Reigns is coming, I don't want to hear it. No, no. See, <laughs> AEW doesn't want him. Um. Yeah, Tony Khan does not like Roman Reigns. Uh, you know that's not happening. But or, uh, and, or Hulk Hogan, <laughs> or yeah, Hogan, Hulk, and Hulk Hogan. That it didn't happen. Not an AEW. Not a, not a good fit. Brother. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I saw something circulating um, last week. Um, it was a picture <laughs> of some sorts from one of the wrestling websites about the possibility of a six-man tag team championship. Uh, yes. What's, what's, what, wait, hey, listen. It, it'll, it'll make, it, listen, six-man tags are great. I think we can get a lot of good matches. Why not make it more uh, of an incentive to watch six-man tags? You have plenty of factions now. I think <laughs> that I had this very conversation with Randy. Yes, you did, well, about a month well, ago. Yeah. We were complaining about it. He was complaining about it. And I explained, hey, other uh, other places have three, three um, what is it, three-on-three, six-man tags, and uh, they have championships. And I've seen great matches. I've seen New Japan do it. I've seen uh, – they do it every um, Wrestle Kingdom where they have a gauntlet-style match. The champions come in and they face someone, and they eliminate them, and another team comes in, and they, whoever's left standing is the champion. It's it's awesome. There is plenty plenty of space and opportunity for a six man tag title. If it's yeah, done that, if it's done that way, I have no problem with it. If they do it what WCW used to do it, I'd be miserable. I would be a miserable human being watching it. I don't think WCW ever did that. They did. They did it back in the early '90s. They had a six man oh, champion, okay. and I almost wanted to hang myself by watching. All it. right, that was way, way before um, I, I started watching WCW. Oh, I didn't watch. Yeah. I didn't start watching Randy's WCW until '94, so it's okay. We don't remember that, Randy. Randy had that special cable package called Hot Box. Exactly. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> it's called the Hot Box. I'm not gonna lie. So did I, Randy. You're not alone. <laughs> He had that hot box in his house. He got every pay-per-view for free. Where's the <laughs> watch SummerSlam '89 for free? Where, where's the little animate, animate, animation guy that I had that said, "You oh, screw you!" Walking <laughs> out the door right now. <laughs> oh my god! Next week we get Dustin Rhodes and QT versus Hangman and Omega. I believe that's for the tag titles. Yep. 
Okay, now get this. Uh, here's a little uh, thing that I've been noticing. They have Allie out there with QT. They're like uh, hugging up on each other, and she's kissing his neck, and the whole time. Okay, girl. so they didn't explain any part of the storyline. How when she was the bunny, that uh, they just all of a sudden you don't yeah. see the bunny anymore, and you see Allie with uh, Dustin and QT uh, with QT mostly. Um, they did not even explain that part of the story. Uh, they just kind of like squashed it out of nowhere, kind of like what they did with the Brandy Rhodes storyline with uh, Awesome Kong collecting women's hair, uh, just out of nowhere. There's no explanation of that. But uh, anyway, that's the match we're gonna get next week for the tag titles. I, uh, I think they did something on Dark, and then they ca- carried over on Dynamite. Although I am behind on Dark. So I can't say for sure, but I remember something with, with uh, Ali by his side. I know he was flirting with her at some point on Dynamite, and it carried over to, to Dark, and now it went from Dark to Dynamite again. So there they, is something there. They got to they gotta explain that story on live TV, well, not on they, Dark. And, will. And, and can I tell you something, too? You know, I, I'm 15 the, episodes behind on Dark, by the way. No, no, no. <laughs> let me see. Where, what do we? No, no. I'm about 30 episodes. But go on. So. So I, I, I have to say two things about Dark. One, so be, this is the Dynamite team, just like AEW's got the, the main team for Dynamite. So are we going to have a podcast for Dark so it's like a different team, like, like the same players? Like, <laughs> so like Em and I can do the Dark show and this could be the Dynamite show? Is, is, that, is that what we're doing? <laughs> uh, no, Look at no. Randy. He's, yeah, He's like, I'm trying to get on top, man. <laughs> Listen. Your spot wing. Watch out. I, I think there's a lot of <laughs> There's a lot. It's really not what I'm doing. Trust me. I have enough. I, I have enough. You have podcasts. enough on your plate. I have enough podcasts going on, going on right now. I'm on every single. I'm like Vince. Yeah. Listen. Listen. I'm. And this is where I shamelessly plug. You can follow off topic. I'm on every single day now. Uh, but listen. And all, is. All, all, all joking aside, you know we, I, I they. There's a lot of talent that they have. We were talking about this with Sean Spears, QT Marshall, the Billy Gunn, and you know the Gun Club. They have a lot of guys here. Who look look MJF is sitting on the sides. Not oh, doing, we'll get to that. Where's Lance? Where's Lance Archer been? Where's since, Lance Archer? Since, so look, they have a lot of guys. So the fact they're trying to get everybody involved. So they're they're putting someone like Allie, who we all love seeing Allie, show favorite. We love seeing the bunny. But at the same time, they, they need to find a way to incorporate that. So if they're gonna have a little feud between QT Marshall and Dustin Rhodes because of Allie messing with them, they're gonna show that Allie is still with the butcher and the blade, they do a, a giant setup. That's exactly what's and, gonna happen. Yeah, I think it's good because you want to get other people involved, and I think that's the perfect thing. And you know, take you have to take a a, a lesson from the Book of Jericho. If you have something that's a hot feud and you're able to incorporate other guys, and this is also a WWE thing. Look, remember the old Austin versus McMahon? Look how many stories came out of the Austin McMahon feud. That's what's going to happen now. You have to take performers that are hot and rub other people against that heat, and it's going to make new stars. Yeah. Totally agree. Moving on. Uh, I'm here all week. Deep Six Pro Wrestling Podcasts. One of the favorites, Penelope Ford and Nyla Rose versus another favorite, Chris uh, Statlander and Sheeta. Sheeta. I love Ford. Ford with the big win tonight. She gets the pinfall win over Sheeta after Sheeta got hit over the head uh, with her own championship belt by Nyla Rose. It just happened on your TV, dude. 
<laughs> Excellent segue, baby. Excellent segue. And, and those who are watching, you guys can watch. I was I'm describing the whole thing, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna get a letter from AEW with a cease and desist letter from showing. Right She's raising her hand. Listen, we're gonna get a cease and desist. We're gonna get a cease and desist letter. Please do not air dynamite while doing your show. We've been here for two hours already. Pretty much watching the whole show over again. <laughs> would, would he, uh, really, really quick. We won't spend much time on this. What did you guys think of this segment? This match. Uh, look, I think you again. You're you're rebuilding your women's division. Em um, was listening with me speak with uh, Keith Elliott Greenberg about about AEW a little bit, and the women's division is a work in progress with AEW. They have some some un, untapped potential. This was a nice match. I, I I love Stratlander as a performer. She looks good tonight. Yeah, she, she and I very, think she's slimmed down too. Yeah, she's slim, she's slimming down a little bit. Penelope Ford, I, I'm trying to figure out if her, her strength is being in the ring or being that involved manager for Sabian and Havoc. Um, she looks good. You know, she she's getting there in the ring. She's she's improving week by week also, and I think that's the main key for the women's division is everybody is improving week by week. Yeah, the women's division uh, it is clearly improving week by week, and the storytelling is still uh, in its process. We had somebody sell, uh, say hello uh, to us, the Emperor himself. I'm not sure who that is, but we want to say Emperor? hello to you back. Emperor, we salute you. Thank you for watching, man. Yes. Just don't leg drop me. <laughs> hey, Brother? listen, listen. If you, if anybody Brother. who's watching live right now, if you have any comments, feel free to join in on the conversation. We'll uh, definitely address those comments for sure. Hopefully, M will go heal on you. That's the most important thing. Is M do not go heal on the listeners. I cannot promise, but <laughs> I, I am a bad heal. I'm, I'm I haven't done it in years. I'm a heal, but people just don't know it yet. He he's the quiet one, the one that stabs you in the back at the end. That's it. <laughs> one most most important thing is Hogan must pose. Okay, Hogan must pose at the end of the show. That's the most important. Thing. <laughs> yes, and and nowadays it's well, um, you know, prior pre pre COVID nineteen, Roman must pose. Exactly. But, don't, uh, don't don't remind me why why are we doing this? <laughs> Darby <laughs> Allen, Dar Darby <laughs> Allen showcased in a segment with Tony Hawk, which is pretty cool. Yeah. They show him a nail, uh, a little a little trick at the end. Uh, that was a nice little feature for Darby Allen, just to, you know, uh, building his character a little more. Uh, any comments on there before we uh, move forward? I mean, there wasn't much to see. I mean, we saw Tony Hawk there. I mean, That's hey, pretty cool. So, so, uh, shameless plug. a little bit. We have the Tony Hawk games at Level One Games. You know, <laughs> well that one. Yeah. If you, <laughs> Level One Games. Level One Games dot com. Go there now. <laughs> but besides that, there wasn't much to it. No, I th it's it's this is your making sure Darby Allen makes it on Dynamite segment this week. So pretty much, yeah. But we don't forget him. Yeah. Uh, here's another uh, a commercial that came up tonight. Uh, it's been on for a couple weeks now. Uh, let's see. This might be Carlos. I'm not too sure. Um, <laughs> Ranks 2022 says you are definitely heel, Wayne. Um, yeah, no, I have heel tendencies. If you know me very well, uh, uh, yes. Uh, thank you for the compliment. I really appreciate that. No, absolutely. I, I, heels are the best. See, Wayne, you want us. 
Listen, if, if that is if it is Carlos, welcome back to Facebook, Joe, my friend. <laughs> I think it's Carlos. I'm not too sure who Yanks 2022 is, but uh, Yankees fan, so it doesn't matter. He's a Yankee. Yeah, I don't. You know, Yankees winning a World Series in 2022 that might be a little bit of a stretch. That's but, coming from uh, that's coming from a Red Sox fan. You know, well, the Red Sox will have Mookie Betts back somehow. But if there's um, a if there's a sign, you'll steal it. There's a sign you'll steal it. Hey, listen, you gotta lie, cheat, and still <laughs> cheat to win. <laughs> heel, heel, heel socks. I wish I had a gar a garbage can in here to bang on, but I don't. So I'll just have to say it. So, Alex Cora. <laughs> Alex Cora. So I mean, listen, listen. As far as we know. Um, you know, he was the assistant manager doing the Houston Astros uh, World Series when they won. So, yeah. you know, he 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 obviously knew about what was going on. Um, now, whether he did anything in 2018, which is very probable, but that's still debatable. Um, you know, Red Sox like weren't really, really, really the main focus of what happened there. But, uh, you know, listen, you know, this is guilty by association. You know, guilty by association. It's soft. My my allergies are acting yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they uh, they have the Jazzwear action figures out now for uh, AEW that's coming out very soon. Randy, we're gonna be jumping on those. You know he is. <laughs> I hey, listen. They're the first set of uh, AEW listen, action figures coming out. I'm not, be worth some money eventually. I'm not. I'm not going to lie to you. I've seen like a lot of like some pictures of them. I know the kids want them. Uh, I did call the company because I think M should be carrying those at his store. But I uh, I will say the, the the couple of them that look really really good. I saw some mock pictures of Jericho wearing like the hat and like his his entrance thing. And they have the little bit of bubbly set, which is really 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 cool. That's but, awesome. Uh, listen, but I think that it's uh, I, they're they're taking steps in the right direction as far as marketing is concerned. I just don't want them to be the okay. We have to tone down the product because we don't want to lose our toy deal or, you know, type of mentality. So listen, I got no problem with it. I think it's awesome. I think it's the next step because a lot of these guys deserve to make money off of royalties. And and speaking of that, I'm sorry, I have to go off topic with one thing. Um, not that we're plugging because they're not a sponsor on the show, but cameo.com, they do have a lot of the AEW wrestlers who you can send messages to. And I got this is right up your, your alleyway. I'll send you the link to MJF's. MJF says he's on there and he says the reason why his price is so high is because he really doesn't want to talk to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> so I just thought I thought you'd get a good real kick out of that. Sorry. That's funny. Well, we, we got we got confirmation from Yanks 2022. It's not Carlos. I may have a feeling who it is, but anyway, moving on. Um, we have um, we have the inner circle out tonight. We had uh, inner circle representing inner circle uh, Ager Santana and Ortiz versus Orange Cassidy and the best friends. Um, this was a rather interesting segment to uh, build towards something here. Uh, Cassidy gets the win for best friends, but uh, what we see at the very end, we see Orange Cassidy get obliterated by Floyd, which if you guys don't know what Floyd is, that's the name of Chris Jericho's bat. And also he got attacked by the Oranges. He's the sixth member, man. You got to remember that. Sixth member of the inner circle. Six six member of the bubbly bunch. Um, look, I don't know about that. But yeah, listen, that, would be, that would be interesting. Listen, I got to tell you, I, I big win for Cassidy. And what was one of the more interesting things too was 
you saw the lackadaisical Cassidy go away, and this is what Emma's been telling me for a long time of what kind of a great wrestler he is. And you saw him sort of take over a match. Listen, he is one of the most dynamic all-around performers that they have, and they're not overexposing him. He always makes you – they make you want more of him, and they're not doing too much. And look, they're putting, now they're catapulting him – into a bigger feud with one of their top stars, which is Jericho, and he's taking the best friends with him. So it's really bringing them up to another level as well. So again, this is the, those little things that a lot of people don't pay attention to. But if you remember when AEW started, best friends was a lower level tag team that were jobbing to teams like SCU and the Bucks and even Private Party. Now after Trent had some great matches against Pack and Moxley, you're starting to see this team with Cassidy get pushed up to that next level. And I think it is a brilliant job of putting them against the inner circle. I think it's going to boost Cassidy up to another level. And I also think it's going to put the best friends as a more prominent tag team, which I still think a run with the belt is going to put them over the top. But this is putting them in a conversation of, again, I also think they're being put in this position because they were one of the teams that was consistently working through the pandemic. So, you know, we well, haven't yeah, seen that helps out a lot. Yeah, we haven't seen the Lucha Brothers in God knows how many weeks. SCU has not been around as much. So, you know, they're they're taking advantage of the TV time and being put in a feud with the inner circle, which is one of the best acts AEW has right now. It's showing a lot of confidence in them. And it's also giving them the right amount of exposure and bringing them up the right way. No, it's, I totally agree. Uh, I, I was really excited when, um, when that happened last week, it was last week where uh, orange Cassidy walked in on their interview, right? <laughs> Yes. Yeah, so, loved it. yes, he walked uh, in, in, in. I believe it was a week ago. Yeah, he walked. He just nationally walked in the background. Yeah. He, he minding his own business. Yeah, exactly. So as as soon as that happened, we knew where this was going, and uh, we've always known. See, that's the thing is that I didn't see uh, best friends as a lower level uh, team because they were up there the whole time. They they were they were the pay per views. They were they were constantly on TV, you know, and. They've been featured pretty well. Yeah, and that was be pre pre COVID. I mean, I gotta I gotta get used to that whole pre COVID uh, line, you know, uh, new world and all. But they were constantly on TV, and I, I didn't see them as a fan as a lower level team. Like you, you can say that uh, Private Party right now is a lower level team. You can say Jurassic Express is a lower level team. They were beating these teams. So I can't see them as that low. So I would say mid-tier. Yeah. Okay, we'll go mid-tier. We'll go mid-tier. Yeah, mid-tier is more fair for, for this assessment. So it, it, it's interesting that now you see, uh, what is it? At Fighter Fest, we're going to see Best Friends and uh, and the champions, uh, Kenny and Hangman, go at it. Maybe this is my... Oh, my but third. that could change. That could, could change. change. We'll talk about that a little later. <laughs> But I'm looking forward to that because if you decide to take off the, the titles and put it on Best Friends, I, again, I have no problem with that because that that is saying that you're going to give me what I want. And that's that heel turn for Hangman. And that's all I want. This Listen, is consistent. I will say this every single week. Um, unless you have – unless Best Friends get that title match and this feud is continuing with Best Friends, Cassidy, and Inner Circle, Inner Circle comes out and costs them the tag team titles at the event and then Kenny and – page retain. either that either that 
and, and here's a couple of scenarios, and and your scenario is more likely. Uh, but here's another scenario for you to think: What if they win, and that's a segue to get the belts onto uh, Proud and Powerful? You would yes. like that, wouldn't you? I mean, I would love that. Don't do not play. You would with like that. Coaches. I would. I would go nuts. You I would heal. Pop. You I would heal. heal. And they are in my backyard. Damn speaking guys. Of, speaking uh, of uh, fight events, guys, we got to move it along. I'm sorry. I got to say this. <laughs> damn guys, wait outside the ring during the battle royal, and M thinks it's okay. Speaking of Fighter Fest, uh, and we're going to get back to that tag team talk, and, um, that tag team title talk in the uh, picture. We're getting a little way ahead of ourselves here. Um, Fighter Fest, do you guys think it should go two nights like it's scheduled on the, uh, the two Wednesday nights? Do you think it's a better idea for them to do it this way? Or as opposed to last year when they did it as a one-night special on a Saturday night with the pay-per-view-like uh, uh, event? Um, quick thought on that. I think it should be... The way it was, like, I'd love for it to be the way there was last year, where it, there's fans in the arena. We sort of get some normalcy back, but uh, we're not there yet. I got no problem with it. I don't mind it being split up into two. I think it makes it more special. Um, if I, if you had to ask me if, if I wanted this or uh, Fight of the Fallen, I probably want the Fight of the Fallen to be two nights, not Fighter Fest. Maybe we will get that too. But look, I had no problem with it. I think if you make it two nights. It makes it a little bit more special because if you can't, if you want to see something in particular and you don't want to see something else, you have that choice on which day you want to watch if you can't watch both nights. So I have no much, not much of a problem with it. I, I, I didn't really love WrestleMania being two nights, but I didn't have that much of a problem with it either because it. Oh, made it's another it, story. Yeah, yeah. But I That's don't mind it being two nights. Yeah, WWE's got such a huge roster; they can pull it off. I had no problem with it being two yeah. nights. I didn't I say I like the show. I didn't like say yeah. I enjoyed the card. I'm just saying I have no problem with being two nights. And how about you? Real quick, two nights was Wrestle Kingdom. Stop, stop doing this. All right, WWE. That was their thing. Anyway, staying on topic. I, I, what were we talking about now that I think about uh, it? Fighter Fest. Fighter, Fighter Fest two nights. Fest. Exactly. Two Wednesday so nights Fighter, in a row. I, I, I don't mind. Like Randy said, uh, it's, it's the situation we're in. I mean, last year they, they did a free pay per view for everyone, but you still had the, the gate. We don't have the gate anymore. Uh, so it is what it is. Whether I like it or not, I, I honestly don't mind. It makes those two uh, Wednesdays a little more special. I prefer it on a uh, on a Saturday, but I can't have it my way thanks to a certain virus out there. Uh, we're in COVID, yeah. So screw you, COVID. Really, like I'm tired of this whole COVID thing. But uh, I, what I what I heard you say, Randy, was um, fight for the fallen. Are they actually doing that this year? Has that been confirmed? It hasn't. Like I said, if I had to choose between the two, I'd rather have that because it was a fundraiser. It was a way of you know reaching back out, and you know how I feel about that. So I think that it's it's that's it's squeezing yeah. in maybe a little too much before the uh, the end of August pay per view, which I believe is all out. All out. All yeah. out is August uh, or September. It's the beginning of September. Right? Labor Day weekend. Labor yeah. Weekend. Awesome. I'll be off that week. Great. <laughs> Me awesome. too. Hopefully they do it in Chicago, but it's probably not happening. Yeah, you do, Randy. A quick shout out to our viewers who are watching. Thank you so much for uh, hopping on. Uh, if you have any comments, uh, feel free to uh, drop in and be part of our show. Um, really quickly, we had MJF tonight in a segment uh, interrupting uh, Tony Schiavone's interview with Billy Gunn, and um, 
I think we're going to see as they announced later on, we're going to see a match with them uh, next week. Uh, this may have been uh, my favorite MJF promo in a while. Yeah. I think this is really good. I have no problem with it. I think MJF is hysterical as a heel. Uh, Wayne, he's your Long Island boy. He's, he's your neighbor. So I'm sure you're probably when we get done with this podcast, you're going to stop by the house and just tell him that we all love them. Um, How great he was. Yeah, look, he's a great heel. And uh, yeah. eventually, and, and he brought up a valid point, too. He says, I'm undefeated. Yeah. You know, he, he, he deserves to have more TV time. But with, you know what they always say? You always want them, uh, always leave them wanting more. And I think with MJF right now, when, when he wrestles, it should be special. You want to make sure he's in a major league storyline right now. And that TNT title with Cody, I don't there's, know. There's a slow burn. There's a slow burn build with that. I think. I think it go. It, I was thinking it was going to go towards the world title because that's what he was talking about. But it looks like it can go to TNT. It can go either way there. Well, yeah. Cody can Cody can get that win back if it's the TNT title. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we got the good hand of AEW, Colt Cabana. Boom, boom, Colt Cabana. He is definitely the good hand of AEW for sure right now. Uh, versus our one of our favorites, Sammy Guevara. Sammy. Pretty good match with these two guys, but then we see... Emberito! Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then we, we see Dark Order come out and extend a hand to Colt Cabana after Colt Cabana was down and out on the apron uh, to help him up to his feet. Uh, that We see uh, Brody Lee, that is. Um, and uh, so is, is this a metaphor for things to come? Um, do we do we see uh, Colt Cabana draw, uh, join the, uh, the Dark Order? Because... From what we saw, uh, we saw him follow trail not far behind him, but going through the tunnel, and then later knocking on Brody Lee's door. Randy, what do you think before I take it? Uh, I think you have to introduce Colt Cabana to your audience because for years and years he's been an independent darling. He's been in Japan. He's been, you know, Emma's very familiar with him from other federations, but as far as a Public TV doesn't know him. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the you know, so they have to get him integrated with the national audience. Um, look, he's been. Jo- I don't want to say he's been jobbing out, but he's been in, in in ring with big name talents now for the last couple of weeks. He was with Jericho. He was with. He did a great job with Sammy this week. This match with Sammy was very Archer. very very good. He was with Archer too. Archer. So like, I think I think with uh, with Colt. I see him being in the ring for a little while and eventually transitioning back, you know, into the booth because he is an amazing broadcaster. He did a great job with Ring of Honor. Uh, I think this is his uh, opportunity to get on TV in the United States in a big, in a big way. I don't. I see this one of those ways of him tr- pretending to join the Dark Order and then turning on them type of mentality. So I think uh, I. It's a way to keep him on TV, introducing him to the big crowd, and then he's going to slowly fade into the, the backlight there. See, I have a, a, a different view of it. I, I feel like he's going to listen to what uh, Dark Order has to say, finally reject him, and then the Dark Order has a reason to beat the crap out of him. I see it playing out like that. Um, and, and it'll be something we'll see on dark and we'll, cause a lot of his matches were on dark in the beginning where he got a lot of his wins. He was, he was, uh, he was on a good streak there for a while until he ran into Archer, I believe. 
And uh, so that's the, that's the way I see it playing out. Uh, it makes more sense to me uh, than him joining it because if the way I see it, if he joins the Dark Order and, unless, and they've done a hell of a job to try to get us to look at the Dark Order with um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, like to take them seriously. So we're, we're, we're there now. Uh, you, you, have, uh, you have Lee, Brody Lee uh, as the exalted one, Mr. Brody Lee. I'm sorry. Um, You're right. Yeah, exactly. I have to Don't get it right. Them like that. Exactly. I apologize, Mr. Brody Lee. It won't happen again. But he's what you have. Le- you you have legitimacy, and that's the word I was looking for. You, they're legit now. They are a faction to be reckoned with. For him to go in there and kind of infiltrate and then turn on them would destroy everything that they've done to have us seeing them. Because let's face it, in the beginning, the Dark Order was was a mess. We didn't know what they were doing, and it was just scattered now it's focused don't destroy that focus man they have to be powerful they have to be mysterious they have to come out and destroy people of course you're gonna have guys that that lose like 10 you got five you got the other the other guys that that constantly job out but don't let it be the top three which is uh bro mr brody lee i almost did it again um <laughs> and evil uno and uh what's the other guy's name I always forget his name. Uh, seven? No, it's Evil Uno, Mr. Brody Lee, and the bald guy. I should know because <laughs> I'm bald, and I should I should, you should be relating to these guys yeah, right now. I should I should know these guys by heart. Like every bald dude out there, I should know your name. I shouldn't be forgetting this. I'm very ashamed. I feel very ashamed. But him, <laughs> it's bad. I I think we have to edit this. Part of the show, oh, <laughs> you no. know the bald, the bald guy. You know I should know you. Some yeah. bald guy is gonna get offended yeah. watching this. Yo, his uh, hey, listen, I'm bald, so don't don't be offended. Don't come uh, picking my ah, stuff. We, we, we have we have we have a Blair. comment tonight from David Smith bringing up the four horsemen. Um, right there, baby. I mean, I never really connected well with the four horsemen. I mean, this was all cool and everything. And the um, music was great in WCW, man. Yeah. I even, During the era that I was watching Four Horsemen, they were getting their butts handed to them every single week by the NWO. Oh, yeah. You came in after that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I started. You were started, late to that party, buddy. Yeah, I was late to that party. I, I mean, listen, I started watching in uh, 93, 94. So. Yeah, but the, the NWO was 96. Yeah. So I, there was, I had no. A new new horse, a new a new horseman. Um, uh, the, I'm sorry, the Mongo. four horsemen. I had um, no problem with the Mongo. The Mongo. Yeah, you had ben, ben, Benoit, Benoit, Dimalengo. Those guys were getting a butt oh, them every week. You have the guy we can't name. Yes, that's him. Okay, I yes. I know who you're talking about now. Yes, I know who you're talking about. A Flair, Aaron, uh, Mongo, and and that dude. Beep. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so uh, a, a recap. Uh, we have a recap of next week's AEW Dynamite. Uh, looks to be once again very stacked. Uh, we have MJF versus Billy Gunn. It should be interesting how Billy Gunn works in the ring. The ring. Uh, again, um, I, I fully expect Billy Gunn will take the loss there. Um, oh, yeah. Now we have Handman, uh, Hangman Page and Omega versus Dustin Rhodes and QT Marshall for the tag team titles. 
We get a TNT title match next week. Uh, I don't think they announced who it was yeah, against. Yeah. Nope. Then we get Le Sex Gods versus Best Friends. Now, here's the stipulation that I, I had to kind of put a halt to that conversation a few minutes ago because I needed to talk about this now. Um, Le Sex Gods versus the Best Friends. They put So the Best Friends are going to put their title match opportunity on the line Next week against Lexex Gods, if the best friends lose, Jericho and Guevara will be the ones getting that title shot against Hangman Page and Omega. Now, this is very, very interesting. Mm -hmm. This is what I was saying. Now, let's get back into that tag title talk really quick. Okay, well, I got to throw one. Is this how you set up a Hangman Page turn on Omega? With well, them losing the titles. There's exactly. one part there's one part that you left out. Which part? After Sammy Guevara beat uh, Cole Cabana. Matt, we Matt got the Hardy, Matt Hardy, yeah. Matt Hardy came out and says, You have all the potential in the world, but you gotta get rid of Chris Jericho. And you saw Sammy sitting there saying, Hmm. He I didn't say hmm. Don't you blaspheme on this show. <laughs> I'm okay. not too sure. He thought about it. He didn't think about it. Listen, really quick. Maybe, don't maybe come to the screen, Rivera. It was Which a split one? second, and then and then Sammy, uh, whatever he may have been thinking about, um, quickly turned on that idea. Yeah, it's look. I'm just saying you have to bring up that little thing where he where Matt did that. He came out was serious and said, "Get away from Chris Jericho." I there's a lot of different things you can intertwine with that match saying, okay, are the best friends going to still get their title match? Would you give it to Sammy and Jericho? With all of a sudden, like, okay, I'm going to go back one second. I am not a fan of taking two singles guys and putting the tag team titles on them, especially when you have great teams. If we can start, once we get through this pandemic and we can get back to regular shows and we have the full tag team division there, you have too many teams who should be competing for those championships for it to be on two singles competitors? Guys yeah, like totally. Omega, Hangman and Hangman and Omega should, should both be individual stars right now. I agree. And Jericho and Sammy should not be talked about for a tag team title match. I think right now, both got both of those guys. I would love to see Sammy versus Cody for the TNT title. I think those, we only had those guys one-on-one one time, and that was the first TNT episode. I would love to see those two guys go at it again because Cody seems to be knocking out of the park with every young piece of talent that he steps in the ring with in this really organization. Does, yeah. So I think the tag team should be start sticking with the tag teams. We still have SCU. Emma, uh, correct me. I don't remember the team that's in green. The the, the, the green. The, and blue. Uh, hybrid two. Yeah, hybrid two. They're there. We haven't seen them in a while, but they're they're fun to watch as well. So they, they released a promo recently. Yeah, I saw something with it. Yeah. Look, I, I think the tag teams need to be the ones fighting for the tag team championships. I'm not discounting what Page and Omega have done, but those are two single stars. Omega should they should have that feud, have the elite feud with Page, and then let's start pushing Omega to the championship. Let's yeah. get Page on to where he needs to be, and let's get the tag team division back on track. Those, those are two guys. I, I you know, that should be on their own. The only justifiable reason why I would say uh, Jericho and Guevara uh, could challenge for the tag team titles is that they're kind of already a stable. They're one group. They're part of a unit. It, it's probably the only justification I can see why that. Um, Maybe they push Jericho and Sammy along towards uh, uh, a title here. But, yeah, 
uh, Randy, you, otherwise you're exactly right. Um, Omega, I, I haven't even seen the best out of Omega yet. All his best work was in New Japan, but that's beside the point. Uh, Omega, and um, it, it would be great, uh, be better on his own. Uh, on his own, adds depth to the the roster. Same thing with Jericho and Guevara. And not only that, but also forget, don't forget, proud and powerful deserve a title shot too. You know, they're they've been there, and I think they're they make more sense of getting a title match than Guevara and Jericho. Which maybe if they decided to go that route, it causes a, some dissension within the inner circle and causes that to happen. But I think that's you're you're, sure. you're yeah you're you're thinking too hard with booking if you're trying to do it that way. That's why I'm saying to myself, best friends versus Kenny and. Um, Kenny and Hangman, it makes more sense for those guys to drop the belts to them and then go from there. I'm, me personally, I'm looking forward for the Lucha Brothers to get back into the picture here, too. Well, so- stop dropping him when he jumps and we can see them. You know, it's like they dropped him completely. Catch the guy. If he's jumping towards you, catch him. Do not walk away and let him hit the floor. That, that actually happened on uh, Monday Night Raw uh, several weeks back. Uh, they're still wrestling uh, on Mondays. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, that, that, oh my God. Uh, what's his name? Uh, anyway, I'm gonna move on from that. But, Please. Uh, there, there was a, there was a big bump where one of the guys uh, from the Street Profits um, did uh, a swanton onto the outside and landed on the metal grate going up towards the ramp. Flat on that from the from the outside from the inside of the ring, when I believe Austin Theory should have caught him, I'm not too sure, but he totally walked away. And uh, one of the guys from Street Profits, a big bump. I'm glad he was okay, but that was scary to watch. Um, one more match announced for AEW Dynamite next Wednesday night: Super ba- uh, Super Bad Death Squad versus the Young Bucks. Uh, that should be pretty. Uh, good to watch there. So we have a pretty stacked card next week. Uh, I think you guys would agree on. Um, and uh, just about getting ready to wrap up the show soon. Uh, we're down to our last two segments we're talking about here. Uh, we see Moxley in an interview outside. Um, Taz interferes, setting up a distraction for Brian Cage to jump John Moxley from behind. And we see a little bit of a uh, a brawl out there with uh, Brian Cage standing tall with John Moxley um, injured on top of a car, broken windshield and back window. Uh, what did you guys think of this before we move on to the main event? Building, 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 building. I love Taz with a microphone. Taz, <laughs> Taz talks him into the building as a heel, baby. And yeah. you know what? And you know what? What I that's the part that I love with. Taz was saying, he goes, all right, that's enough. We made our point. We made our point. When you start hearing Taz do that, I'm like, manager of champions right there. He's manager of the year. PWI, exactly. give him manager of the year right there. Listen, beat him in the ring. That's I what he did. See a little so- bit more out of Taz other than like, you know, the past three weeks, to, you know, double manager of the year, but he's doing pretty good. He's doing pretty good. I wouldn't say manager of the year yet. Yeah. yeah. I got to get through the summer. Yeah. Let's see what he does. And then we we can really sit there and and crown him. But is he fun to watch? Yes, he's fun to watch. But okay, a lot better than a commentator. Uh, yeah. Uh, listen, I like him as a commentator. I have no problem with him. Uh, I, I have no problem. My eardrums out. Yeah, I, I love. He's a New York guy. Yeah, I mean, he he's got our accent, or at least mine. 
I'm not really sure. But oh, that's right. Randy's not from New York. I, I'm so sorry, Randy. But yeah, New he's York got a thick, thick accent. <laughs> yeah, he's got he's got an accent. And, and I enjoy enjoy your lockdown, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> listen, we just hit phase one, all right? Well, listen, I hope Taz isn't watching this. You know, he very well could be. He is from Long Island. The word I'm sure has gotten out that he knows that we have a podcast here. Uh if it's gotten out to Bangladesh and London and all these other countries, I'm sure he knows by now that we have a podcast. And I'm sure he's listening. I hope I don't take the submission, uh Taz submission from him. Although I do know how to escape it. So Taz, Listen, you, you Taz, it here first. Taz, out of us three, I'm the one who said you're the man. So just remember that. If you ever I, decide you want to sl- slam somebody. Man- I said manager of the year. Wayne, you're I don't up. Know. You, you, you <laughs> I like need to see more out of Taz in this man of all first. I like him. I'm having fun watching him. And I, I have faith that it's, it's going to be a wild ride. Hey, listen, I like I, when Taz was on commentary when he first came to AW, he says, I used to be a New York Jets fan, and now I root for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. Got to love Taz. No, he's a great, great, great talker. Main event. We had the TNT title match on the line. The t- TNT title on the line. Cody defending his title against Mark Quinn, um, part of the private party. I had to think about that for a second. A uh, little brain fart. Cody gets the win versus submission to the leg. Um, I guess Mark Quinn is kind of just telling the story a little bit from the, uh, you know, the injury that he uh, supposedly had. Uh, so they told the story around his leg. Cody gets the submission. So I, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of a higher pace to match here. Um, but they did a good job storytelling uh, nonetheless. Uh, what did you guys think of this match? I had no problem with it. I think he uh, was still a little banged up from last week still. And I think that he, he was Martin, playing off of it a little bit. He was playing off it a little bit, but look, this was also his opportunity as a singles to go out there and have a match with Cody Rhodes. And, you know, even at 60%, 50%, he wanted to go out there and give everything he had. I had no problem with this match whatsoever. I like the idea of the TNT championship being defended every show, every single week. Uh, because, look, at the end of the day, it's like the TV title was for WCW. Every single time it was on TV, it's being defended. I have no problem with it. Uh, I think this is good for younger guys to get their opportunity. I do like the idea of them having a sort of a plan where you say, okay, if the winner of this match gets this person next week, so you have an idea who's going to get it, but we'll go into next week. We're figuring it out. Um, I'm, you know, for you know, Wayne, no, Wayne, and Am, you guys are both heels at heart in this situation. I would like to have Cody not take on a guy where he is the favorite. I like want to see Cody as the underdog in that sense. I would like to see him go against a guy maybe like Luchasaurus, something we haven't seen before in that sense. Give him a maybe get maybe let Archer have another shot. But I think next time Archer faces Cody, he needs a win in that one. So. Yes. You know, soon. I, th- I, th- so maybe yeah, maybe to show up on TV soon, or maybe maybe have a thing where maybe it's Warlow. You know, you know, give give somebody, put Cody in there against a bigger guy where he has to fight and claw because that's what I think what you need right now. When he's coming in as the overwhelming favorite, he's not as compelling as he is when he's the underdog. Well, um, and maybe you could take this part of the conversation. Uh, Cody's next challenger. Cody's not necessarily the major uh, favorite going into uh, his next match. Uh, we, we see that 
uh, Jake Hager, Tax Cody, and Arn Anderson. Uh, Private Party and Matt Hardy uh, uh, come in for the save. Uh, the inner circle comes into the ring. We see this big brouhaha. Here I am thinking that they're going to be setting up some form for a uh, tag team uh, match for maybe two weeks from now or something like that. Um, but then out of nowhere, Cody's like, yeah, you know, it, you know, Jake apparently, Jake Hager apparently got his attention, you know, by holding up the belt a couple moments prior. Uh, Cody's like, uh, you know what? You have a ta- you have a title shot at Fighter Fest, so yeah. it's going to be Jake Hager versus Cody Rhodes at Fighter Fest. Um, I, I can't say Cody. Cody is going into this match is quite possibly the underdog here. Um, but uh, what do you guys uh, think of this? And what do you think? I found it interesting uh, that they set it up for what is it? A couple of weeks from now, two, two to three weeks. Yeah, they're trying to build up Fighter Fest, you know. And I have no problem with that. But I wanted to touch on something that Randy said, and that was that uh, he should be facing somebody bigger, more, more dangerous, more villainous. And the thing about it that Hager I, matches that description. Yeah, it is that description, but it is also for weeks from now. But it also defeats the purpose of having an open challenge where anyone could challenge. And I like that because we're, we're building not only compelling matches, we're not only building tomorrow's stars, but we're, we're building the prestige of that title. And the wrestling purist in me constantly wants to see that. I want the, the, the titles to mean something. They should not be meaningless props. They should mean something. It's going on last for a reason. It's the main event. This should be something that we hold dear, that we want to see people win. And when they do win it, it should mean that much more. So I, I, in, in the storyline-wise, story I agree. You should have somebody villainous and bigger and more dangerous, and uh, it'll build that, that hype for it. But I also want to see those, those great matches where you have two guys just going out there wrestling. No clear heel, no clear face, just build the prestige. I, I'm happy with the way they, they did this match and then they did the uh, last weeks with uh, Jungle Boy Jack Parry. I, I, I enjoyed it because it was just a competitive match and it let it showed these kids heart. And that's what they, they had. And, and uh, to touch on the, uh, the injury, thankfully it was a kayfabe injury and uh, they're just running with it. Last week, he didn't actually injure himself, thankfully. I was very afraid because those dudes are very, very talented. So it was a kayfabe uh, injury that they used uh, this week to to kind of make to show that he had heart, and I'm cool with that. As long as they don't run it every single week, I- I'm fine with it. And one thing that you just said too is being able to show the different types of talent. We don't really mention his name anymore because he's not much involved with wrestling. But John Cena had the U.S. Open Challenge on Monday Night Raw. This is my you- point. Yeah, you had guys, you know, Keith, Cody fought him, and then you had Dean Ambrose. And one of the guys who I thought was being able to be spotlighted and they just didn't capitalize on it was Cesaro. When yeah. C- oh, John, John, Cena, John Cena and Cesaro had matches during that U.S. Open Challenge. He had two shots at it, and both matches you were compelled yeah. because and all those matches that he had with everybody was great. And then great matches. And, Except and Albert. <laughs> which which one? Except Alberto. Let's, well, let's, the, the, well, like the, if you if you ask me to rank yeah, those, I would Alberto. I would say the the two Cesaro matches and the Sami Zayn match. Yeah, they were like, all great. Except, great, 
Yeah, except for Alberto. We can all agree those matches were great. And th this is what I think they're building to, just great matches. And then you hold that title, and you're like, that's the title that will always give me quality matches. That That's the way I see that they're trying to build it. I could be wrong, but that's the way I, I like to think about it. Yeah, I can't disagree with you. And again, you you have to be able to keep evolving and building stars. That's why w, that's why WCW went out of business is because you had guys who were holding on to being at top and guys like Benoit, Guerrero, Mysterio, and all those other guys got pushed to the background. And when they wanted it, when they tried to make that shift, everything was already in the can because you 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 need to have guys on top, established guys. And this is something that CM Punk said. AHL hockey players need to participate with NHL hockey players to get better. You need to have experienced guys to work with the younger guys to help elevate the younger guys to get them the experience to get in those big situations. Yeah, and I, right now, and AW is and AW is doing that right now. They have the right veterans in there working with the the younger talent in the right situations. WWE does not do that. And when as soon as a younger guy or a guy gets over with something that they didn't come up with or if something happens where someone starts getting a little bit of, you know, I guess I'll use Becky Lynch as the perfect situation. When when they even came out and said that was not the story we were trying to tell, but Becky got over by herself, they had to run with it. You look at the other side of it, was Rusev and uh, Aiden English got over by themselves with Rusev Day. Rusev Day was the hottest thing they had going, and they squashed it. Just yeah, like that, because Zach it wasn't. Ryder. Look, Zack Ryder was another one. Ryder. Perfect. Oh. Dolph Ziggler is another one too. Yep. People love Ziggler, and they just wouldn't do it. They nope. just, they just wouldn't do it. It's because they. That's the thing, and I think we've discussed this ad nauseum. Is that they they just don't know how to build stars. You you did this with the women's division. You had women out there that were wrestling all the time they seem like credible threats and then you had an outsider come in and destroy all the women within minutes literal minutes it was like what two three minutes oh i'm just gonna put you on break your arm and then now how do i take these women seriously when they go for the title like say anybody goes uh ruby riot for example she she goes and she wants to fight oscar for the title i can't see that it's it destroys it and one thing that you're saying too, and you and I discussed on how NXT moving over to the USA Network really hurts it in, in, in some senses, but a lot of guys from NXT now don't want to go to the main roster because they have more time to, to build for, the, for their matches. They have more drama because they get, have the longer matches and they have the opportunity to work with different styles. Johnny Gargano and... Uh, to, Tomas Ciampa have been able to work with everybody in NXT with all different styles. We've been with Alistair Black, Dream. Oh, man, you can just go up and down the line. Same thing with Adam Cole, but Adam Cole and the Undisputed Era has been heels the whole entire time. But those guys, the other two have been able to switch back and forth. Look at the matches that Balor's been able to have in NXT compared to being on the main roster. Hey, he's still one of this, baby. Listen, he's still one of this bullet club, baby. Listen, but, so, but, <laughs> but but you understand what I'm saying, though. Balor was was it was a mess on the main roster for Balor. NXT, yeah. he's he is a bona fide star. He's the one of the best hands they have down there. And the thing is, going from WWE Network, where you know your direct audience, you don't have to feature 
everybody to the point where they're oversaturating your main guys because you have a lot of guys there who don't want to go to the main roster. You're hurting them by overexposing them on the USA Network. I understand it's a great opportunity to be on national TV every single week, but you had your direct audience. You didn't have to alter your product by keeping on the WWE Network, and you were able to keep people healthy because you were not producing live television every single yeah, they're week. They're getting hurt a lot down there in NXT. Yeah, they do. I, and it's been fairly quiet lately, though. Yeah, but I, from what I heard was they were they were asking them to uh, work a little stiffer. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, yeah. so they're working a little stiffer, and they're hurting each other. It, it may be quiet now, but they were getting hurt consistently. There was, it was and, even and, a point where every week we had an injury report. It's like, oh, this person got hurt in uh, the taping this week. Well, you know, it's like it's crazy. Take care of your stars, man. Well, listen, guys. It's about that time to wrap it up. Uh, but uh, before we do, Randy, M, I would love to get some final thoughts. Uh, listen, we, we talked about AEW Dynamite uh, tonight. Uh, we talked about uh, Paul Heyman, uh, him being released. So I'm going to pose one question uh, really quick. Where do we go from here? Uh, I think where you go from here is, you know, unlike us, enjoy the show. Um don't overthink it. Just enjoy it. And I will tell you the most important thing for me is still having that feeling to want to watch Dynamite every single week. Um, yes. I'm already looking forward to next Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and most of all, most importantly is after we do the show, us being able to joke around with each other and have fun. Yeah. I th and that's something that I think I say every week is that even after we do this show, we're going to continue for the rest of the week talking about this show. So it, this doesn't stop. We're, we're constantly analyzing. And you know what? Let us do the analyzing. It, it, we'll take that responsibility. Enjoy the show. These shows are, are, are amazing getaways. Like I, I, I put so much stock into pro wrestling. I, I think more so the athletes, athleticism. I, I tell Randy this all the time. It's like I, I – the one thing, and I'll like I do every week, I bring up New Japan, but uh, they'll have a match for an hour, an hour of just beating the crap out of each other, and they're stiff as hell over there. Like the dudes are like hitting each other hard, and they beat the crap out of them each other for an hour, and the athleticism and the cardio, dude. I run a block, I'm gonna die of an asthma attack. I can assure you that. So, to watch them go at it, it it's pure joy to me. So. If you love pro wrestling, now is the time to, to enjoy all of these companies, AEW, Ring of Honor. Uh, I always forget about NWA. I'm not going to do it tonight. NWA, see, I got you. Uh, <laughs> Impact Wrestling, which is weird to me because they're trying to bring back the, the TNT uh, branding. I'm not sure why, but it's it's happening. You know what it is? Uh, and there is just so much, so much content. And that's what I'm saying. We, we all work nine nine hour days, maybe door to door. We're out of the house for ten hours, just about. There's so there's much. There's only so much that you can watch. Exactly. So if you're watching it, enjoy it. Whatever you're watching, make sure it's something you enjoy. If you don't like Monday Night Raw, don't watch it. If you don't like AEW on Wednesdays, don't watch it. There's something out there for you. I guarantee there's enough wrestling. There is. For fit you to fit your your likes and dislikes uh stay away from it yeah. and, and that's my take and and truthfully personally i am in love with new japan and i'm in love with aew yeah uh i mean i 
I share that love uh, for AEW with you. Uh, took a little while, but um, I, I I'm scared to watch Monday Night Raw going forward. I'm you're very to, very scared. Yeah, you gotta have to keep me in the loop because I'm I've very entertained. <laughs> the matches have been great, uh, very NXT like, which is which is good. That you know, close to the style that you like to watch in. Yeah. And um, now I feel like uh, with Paul Heyman being gone, that that's going to be getting taken away from me. Good, good storytelling is going to get taken away from me on Monday night. I feel like that is absolutely happening. Uh, if, if anything, I would have said goodbye, Bruce. You know, see you later. Yeah, but I do understand that they have a you know a strong friendship there, a, a strong bond. But, but the, the excuse that they used, it was like, well, you know, like, uh, we're worried about the, the ratings. It's like, okay, well, uh, SmackDown's ratings are terrible. Yeah, and, the, the WWE's dropped the ball on uh, with, with Fox. Their, their Friday night shows have been abysmal, very bad. So it's like, why would you want that for Monday? I mean, from, from and I only hear it from you guys. You guys fill me in or I'll read online that Monday night right now is watchable. Why would you take something that's watchable and give me the crap that I walked away? Like personally, I walked away from. So you're gonna bring that back? I, I, you know what? I don't understand this, but I guarantee you, M, am I? Am I? I'm gonna close my final thought out with this. And Randy, I am gonna tweet Vince McMahon this YouTube link to hear our thoughts, and I hope he listens. He probably won't <laughs> because I'm just a low man on the totem pole. I'm like a nobody to him. But, but see, and, that, and that's what really makes me angry because it's like, all right, I give you money. All right. I, I give you money to sure. entertain. Yeah. Like, I work super hard for my money. It's not like I shake a tree. This isn't Animal Crossing. I don't shake a tree and money falls out. This, that's this is not Call of Duty where we're allowed, we're allowed to loot because we're not allowed to loot. Yeah, exactly. I work really hard. So if I'm going to give you my money, it, 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 I want you to earn it too. You know, it's like I, I earn my money, you earn your money. Give me something I want to watch. Give me something I will be entertained. Give me something that I look forward to. If you're not doing that, and, and for years they haven't, to me at least, then that's why I've stopped watching them completely. It's like I can't do this anymore. It, it always feels like Stockholm Syndrome. For so many years I sat there and I was like, I'm a fan of WWE, and then people see how I react watching WWE, and they're like, you're angry as hell watching this. Why are you still watching it? And I'm like, because it's wrestling, and I love wrestling. But I didn't like that wrestling. You, you, yeah. clearly, you clearly haven't been keeping up with the Wednesday night, so I can tell with the NXT. Because NXT, I mean, you know, they, they've had some kind of like peaks and valleys uh, over the past year or so. But their takeover... They can do no wrong. Yeah, but you know what? I, I've made a conscious decision that I'm not going to support a company that, that won't go out of its way to entertain me. And, and, and it feels like every time they, they do entertain me, they go out of their way to destroy whatever entertained me. So I, I feel like it's a slap in the face to every fan who likes any little segment. And hell, Cesaro's one of the biggest uh, reasons, like you just said, underutilized, crim criminally underutilized. You cannot get a, a better wrestler out there and you sit there and he's losing constantly and there's no momentum and he's just in jokey matches. It, I can't do this no more, man. I, it's like it's I, have enough, I have enough stressing me out in real life. Wrestling should not be stressing me out. The five years of his career is going to waste. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and great. He's making money, but 
honestly, I want to see more from him. I want to see those great matches. And, and, and I'm missing out as a fan. I'm I'm missing out on all the great matches he can have with all these uh, these talented guys out there. And it's to me, it's criminal. I can't do it. I can't watch another Roman Reigns uh, beat Undertaker match. I, I can't because it's it's always pandering and I can't do it anymore. I, I, now I sound like Jim Cornette. You see what you guys did again? I blame this solely on YouTube. <laughs> oh, now everybody uh, wasn't me. <laughs> Listen, uh, Randy M. Uh, thank you guys for uh, so much for hopping on. This has been a, a very, a very good show. Productive. We've covered a lot. Yeah. Uh, for those who are uh, watching and listening, uh, well, first off, uh, we we may do uh, a WWE backlash prediction show. Uh, so keep your ears open for that. Enjoy. Uh, if you <laughs> if you guys like our show. Uh, when you listen to YouTube, please share with your friends as we are available on YouTube, the Deep Six Pro Wrestling Podcast channel. Also on available on Spotify, um, iTunes, Google Play for all your listening needs. Uh, if you can't watch us, that's fine. We got you on the podcast. Uh, so Randy from Back Sports Page and Ann from Level One Games, thank you so much for hopping on tonight. And um the three of us will be back together uh, next Wednesday night or Thursday, uh, which, uh, however the schedule falls, to talk about the AEW post-show. And uh, we will see you guys next week.